To Die For podcast includes the spooky, scary, salacious, and sometimes psychotic. Listener discretion is advised. back to to die for it's been a hot minute since we have released a new episode but we are back uh we took a minute we uh rested relaxed we regrouped i yeeted a body part or two and uh (laughs) i uh i took them and i have them in my closet now i would not be surprised (laughs) (laughs) but we are back uh, sort of. So Lolo does have an insane schedule for this upcoming semester. So she will unfortunately be in and out as she's able to fit it into her schedule. So with that being said, it will mostly be noodles. What's up? How's it going? Good. And myself, Liza. Um, but we will throw in some fun guest hosts as well. Things like that. Keep it lively. Keep things going. So since this week will be our first week back and it's just the two of us, I pulled out one of the more gruesome true crime stories that I've been holding on to, uh, to celebrate, I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> to, to bring us back into the new, the new year. Yeah. We'll just bring us back in with some massive trauma. Here, just, yeah, exactly. Put this on your plate. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll make you feel better about your life. No. Um, oh, okay. I am thinking, you know, we're going to kind of like, I feel like some things were working from before, some things weren't. So we're just going to kind of keep playing around with it. I'm thinking maybe we're going to do like two weeks of true crime and then like a week of the paranormal. I don't know. I just am having so much fun, like really digging into the true crime stuff. Sweet. Um, but I don't know. We'll just play around. So this one probably going to end up being two weeks, but we'll see. Can I try and guess what this is all about? Sure. I really have no idea. I mean, I, I was, we were talking about this a couple days ago and I was like, "Mm, maybe, maybe ice pick killer potentially. Um, no, it's not the ice pick killer. Okay. I don't know if you know this one. I, at least you have never said anything yeah. about this person so is it, is it like is it stateside or is it um, stateside it's stateside all right yeah okay i'm excited okay uh before we start i i know that we come with the generic trigger warning before the start of every episode i am giving the big old massive trigger warning before we even start and <laughs> don't listen from here on out if right. you don't like stateside murderers everything that is horrible <laughs> um mama ducky you have my full permission to skip this one just but you but you also are fully will like we would love you to stay we would but <laughs> don't go if you don't want to she might be mad at me if she does <laughs> cuz this one is awful. So to test her boundaries, you know. Yes, I you know, strengthen right? her, push her, her conviction that there's something horribly wrong with me. We have to take her like a, like a a, a samurai sword, and just <laughs> continually beat <laughs> just, the sadness into her until she's a string, a, a forged tool of of something (laughs) uh no i love my mama just the way she is so uh mama ducky if you feel the urge go ahead and skip the next two episodes uh so our topic for the next probably three weeks is gonna be toys uh and our true crime story is that of the toy box killer oh wait the toy box killer. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know anything about this, but I know the term, and I've heard the term used before, and I know it was not in a good 
it sentiment. Is not in a good sentiment. Uh, this one is even more bonkers because I have a like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon type thing going on with one of the perpetrators. Oh, cool. Um, Wait, but one, yeah. of the per- one of the perpetrators? Oh, there's one. clues. There you go. But we will get back to that in a minute. Also, can we? Can I get your camera to not just be on your boobs? That's all. <laughs> That's all I'm oh saying. shit! Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's your boobs. Oh, it's. I mean, switched. I'm not. I'm not a problem, but <laughs> I'd love to see your face too. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Did it switch cameras to like? It switched cameras. <laughs> um. Yeah, we'll have That's to hilarious. we'll have to stop. So hold, please. Sorry. So we are back after some less booby videoing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, well, I know why. I have a gaming laptop, and uh, so my my in built in. Com- uh, camera is right above my uh, keyboard, and so you get a very lovely shot of just my ladies. It's like <laughs> it's, it's like the developers of the laptop were like, you know what, we really want to see our exactly female gamers. Yep, nothing else. <laughs> just just their boobs. All right, so we fixed we fixed that. So uh, let's let's get going. We're going to make our way east from where we are to New Mexico and a little town right outside of Truth or Consequences. That's the name of the town? Yep. So fun fact, Truth or Consequences used to be named Hot Springs, New Mexico, because there's a lot of hot springs. Right. But in March of 1950, the NBC radio quiz show Truth or Consequences announced that it would air its 10th anniversary episode from the first town that renamed itself after the show. Seriously? And Hot Springs was like, hold my beer. We got There's already this. one Hot Springs in this, in this yeah. world we need. We could be truth or consequences. So they won. They changed their name uh, officially on March 31st, 1950. And the show broadcasted from there the next evening. Hilarious. Uh, Apparently, the host, Ralph Edwards, actually visited the town the first weekend of May for the next 50 years. And it's become this big fiesta celebration. He's still like he's still going. I don't I think he may have died. Or mm. got too old to go. But but yeah, he went for like 50 years after wow. that. Wow. <laughs> Good for him. That's I cool. I know. So, uh, so fun little fact before we really dive into this just shit show. Whew, okay, here we go. Oh, it's one of those. Okay, here we go. Yeah, here we go. On November 6th, 1939, David Parker Ray was born in Bellin. Bellan, I don't know, New Mexico, a little town that's south of Albuquerque. David didn't have a great childhood. Uh, his dad was an abusive drunk, and he abandoned the family when David was 10. At this point, David and his younger sister are sent to live with their grandparents on a rural ranch in another part of New Mexico. So, you know, he's got this fun mix of feeling abandoned and neglected by both parents. And he's in the middle of nowhere with, like, not much to do. It's like a great test tube for uh, a young young individual to grow up in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just really setting you up for success. Like, when I think of my favorite times as a child, it's being alone and confused yeah right in the middle (laughs) nothing with nothing to do (laughs) and i mean we aren't talking like now nothing to do we are talking 1949 nothing to do yeah (laughs) that's not yeah nothing to do now is like like oh i watched i've exhausted all of my cell plan data plan and i don't know what i'm gonna do there's nothing on netflix that i want to (laughs) watch like (laughs) <laughs> this kid's like sitting in the dust. Or, like, seriously, he's just like out in the middle of fucking New Mexico. 
exactly. But now, he did have magazines that his dad would give him when he sporadically stopped by every six months or so. Now, there's a huge, huge difference from the sources as to what these magazines were. <laughs> I think we all know what kind of magazines these were. Well, so like some say that they were like true detective mags, that kind of thing. So, you know, true crime, blah, blah, blah. And then... So they could be porno mags. They could be true crime. They could be true crime. Um, but then some sources say that they were like hardcore S&M mags. So... Oh. Like a real big difference there. Like... Um, well, who was it? It was, uh, I think it was Ted Bundy. I think Ted Bundy in one of his last interviews, I think it's the last interview before he was, um, he was put to death. Uh, it was like a multiple hour interview and, and he attributed his, um, serial, serial killer mentality and psychosis with, with finding similar magazines in an alleyway when he was a, when he was a child. Right. So. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, not going to say that, like, not yucking anybody's yum or anything like that. Like, but maybe not as, like, a 10-year-old. Not necessarily the things that you should be using for your sexual awakenings. I don't know. <laughs> My first time having sex doesn't seem like it's supposed to go like this. Like, I, where are the ropes? Yeah. Where are the, where's the latex? What is guys? happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so real. I I feel like there's a real big difference between like S and M hardcore mag and like True Detective magazines. Like we're really kind of true, yeah, different different vibe here. But either way, it's not long before David starts having super graphic and violent rape and murder fantasies. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a big jump. He then moves on to making his own bombs and setting them off all over the woods. <laughs> well i mean okay that's normal for a kid <laughs> i mean, again you got nothing to do for a boy it's you a know especially when you had like carbide right stuff you just calcium carbide back in the day blow yeah. some shit up yeah but after that he then turns attention to creating a quote dungeon under a big pinion pine tree on the property like I said, these are all normal activities for a young boy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's fucked up. What the fuck? Like, uh, did he, does it say what type of, yeah. du- like a dungeon specifically for like animals or what? No, more like a sex dungeon. Oh. He had a noose that he used and, <laughs> and we'll start with the first of the massive triggers, a collection of broken beer bottles that he wanted to use sexually on his victims. I'm okay. Yep. <laughs> so wait. Nope. Are we talking like internal or are we talking yep. like sheathing over somebody like a unit? Nope. Internal. Oof. Yeah. Uh he Oof. he would also say, quote, when I got lonesome, I used to fuck a hole I dug in the ground. Um <laughs> So, so, yeah. There's, there's a. F- That's what he said. <laughs> like, there's, there's just a, a few tiny screws loose. He's just like, you know, I, I used to be able to tell where gold was <laughs> after so many fucks. I got really good uh, at determining the, the soil content. Yeah, <laughs> clay is a lot more for Oh my god! Yeah, that well, good for him. <laughs> I mean, I guess like definitely fuck the hole more than use a beer bottle right. on the. Up until now, he hasn't done anything wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in 1959, at the age of 19, he gets married. In 1960, he joins the army and is sent to Korea. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, that's... This is turning out great. It's just a lot of really awesome pieces contributing to someone's mental health. Uh, (laughs) True. Yeah. So during this time, his wife gave birth to a son who seems to have luckily been kept completely out of the rest of his story, other than like the very barest hints of this kid's life. Oh, wait. So wait, we we, we jumped pretty quickly from him fucking holes as a kid to like 
him shooting holes in other people yep. potentially. Yeah. So well, so he he was um sent to live with his grandparents at about the age of 10. And between 10 and 19, he starts Not- uh, yeah, okay. you know, he starts figuring out that he's into some pretty graphic things. Oh, he's, we're getting there. Yes, okay, okay, yes, okay. yes. So he, we get up to 1959 when he's 19, gets married, and then the next year joins the army. See, okay, that's that's my bad. I, I always forget that back in the day, people got married way uh-huh, early. Yes. <laughs> Especially before they went to the, like into the service. Ex- they like, okay, we got to get hitched before you go or else I got to, we're going, right? Yep. Are we going? Okay, we got to get hitched. Exactly. All right, all right. During the time that he's gone, his wife gives birth to a son. Luckily, he seems to escape a lot of the shit. Thank goodness. In 1961, David comes home and gets a divorce because apparently his wife was leaving the baby alone to go out and party. Um, Yeah. So, um, and his son was in custody of the Department of Public Welfare. And so I guess he did have some sort of semblance of humanity at this point because he's like, yeah, that's not okay. Well, you know, blood related is different than not blood related for some people well that bond really does we'll get there oh okay so he does manage to get custody uh, custody of his son which he then sends him to live with his parents while he's back in korea after that just a bunch of question marks there's nothing really as to what happened to his son after that and that's probably a good thing Hmm. so In 1962, he gets married again. This one manages to last for 90 days before he got another divorce. 90 days? 90 days. That's a record. I know. It's great. Uh, In 1966, he marries for a third time. This one, though, does manage to last for 15 years. And a year after their marriage, uh, their daughter, Glenda Jean, was born. And she will come up again. Uh Mm Uh-oh. Now, apparently in 1970, after several years of financial hardships and trouble finding work, according to David, his wife turns to sex work to help support the family. (laughs) He says he didn't like it much, but it sure paid the bills, so he let it happen. (sighs) I'm not a big fan of my wife being a whore, but man... When we're able to buy those Wheaties mm-hmm. on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. I just can't help ourselves. I know. It's, you know, you just... <laughs> I just can't help ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, he sounds like a really pretty nice 50s guy. Right? It's it's just... Uh, everyone should aspire to this, you know. I was going to say, you know, it does seem like he... I don't know. when. Okay. Maybe it's just the the historical veneer of the fifties, but I just don't, I don't see, I mean, I see like guys being alcoholics and being pretty abusive, but the whole sexual tinge, I don't really see, I don't feel, feel like I attribute the fifties with that very much. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of interesting to see a different side of this. Well, we have made it to the 70s. So, I mean, maybe this was in 1970. Yeah, 50, 60, 70. Yeah. yeah. And and so I feel like you start to get a little bit more into, you know, because that's kind of like the, you see all the movies with like the pimps and the, you know, the big hats and the canes and stuff like that. So maybe, I don't know. I definitely would think of sex work more in the 70s than at least more openly. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm sure, you know, obviously it still happened, but (laughs) he also says that around this time is when he created his fuck dungeon in the downstairs area of their house. (laughs) And somehow his wife didn't seem to have an idea of what he was up to down there. And those, these are the, that was his words. Yeah. His fuck dungeon. dungeon. (laughs) Yeah. I also though don't understand how that happens. Like I know it was a different time and all, but how do you create an entire fuck dungeon in your house? That oh easy. Like, but that your wife legitimately has easy. No, mm, okay, okay. It's called psychological abuse. That's true. And you don't come down here, or else you get beat up. Very true. 
So right, I mean, because I mean, there's lots of stories about that of of, of like husbands building things like tunnels and shit underneath true. the house. That's true. I guess I just am not. I am not that wife. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, well, maybe you should check your basement. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, this doesn't have a job. Yeah. he just goes and builds a tunnel every day. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, he also begins designing his own custom-made torture equipment and is selling it via ads on the back pages of porno mags. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Little entrepreneur he was. I know. Just, you know, I guess wife. I mean, so far we haven't seen anything wrong with him particularly. Yet. I, I mean. I mean, he's just a very interesting he's, entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. At this point, he's just a dick. But okay. Yeah. Uh, in 1981, David once again left his marriage, this time because, <laughs> because he found his wife in bed with another man. A non-paying man. Which was unacceptable. Right. That's un- that is unacceptable. <laughs> right. the, the ROI on that is zilch. Right. Yes. So. <laughs> How dare she? I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was her day off, and he found her with someone, and so that you know, that was unacceptable. Man, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it. If somebody asked me to do what I do for work on my day off, I wouldn't want to do that. I know. Even if it was sex. (laughs) Nope. I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm tired. I just really don't want that. I'm going to play Sudoku, dude. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, he not only leaves his marriage, but he leaves his marriage with his wife's sister. (laughs) They head out to California. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, if I... If I can't have you, I'm taking a souvenir. Pretty much. (laughs) You look similar. (laughs) You'll do. Oh, God. That's so great. And she, like, against her will or willingly? They they were probably having an affair. And so he was just like, fuck you for fucking somebody else, but. I'm going to just leave with your sister <laughs> that I've also been fucking, but that's okay. <laughs> he paid me, so it's all, all good. Right. Uh, so they head out to California where they decide to grow and sell weed for a euro. euro for a euro. Uh, it was delicious. <laughs> cheap. Very cheap weed. But seriously, for a whole year. For a year or so. Okay. <laughs> that was really hard to say. They then head out to Arizona, where they got married. So that's fun. Because <laughs> that's not some fucked up family dynamics. Oh. In the 70s, I guess. Yeah, seriously. So David would frequently solicit sex workers to kind of somewhat satisfy his violent bondage fantasies, which he had been having for pretty much his whole life. But uh, wife number four had absolutely no interest in so he uh had to had to get it from somewhere else (laughs) yeah Uh interesting i think it's funny that um i think it's i think it's interesting that up until now we haven't really seen anything right like Mm -hmm. it it usually takes off pretty quick right well and you know or at least gets a bad fairly quick once it starts to be initiated and it's it is a very possible that it did and that they just can't prove it, but we'll kind of get into that mm. a bit later. So this whole situation lasts for about 10 years before he again gets a divorce. Doesn't say why this time. And uh, after this... How hmm? old is he now? Like, um, so He's like... 20, 30. Let's see. Like maybe 40s, something 40s. So this is about 90, 1990, and he was born in 39. Uh, so oh. about 50 okay. or so. Yeah. And after this, like this divorce, uh, his urges for the violence and the bondage and all of that kind of stuff seems to get more and more frequent. And then he reads the book Perfect Victim by Christine McGuire. Now, yeah. What a book. What a book title. Well, (laughs) it's unfortunately really accurate. It covers the awful 
awful case of Colleen Stan, also known as the girl in the box. Oh, right. Yeah, Lolo and I covered this case in episode 27. If you want to get more info on it um, for anyone out there in listener land. But the like super duper short version of it is that she was kidnapped and then continuously tortured and brainwashed and kept in a box that would slide under the bed in order to make her, quote, the perfect sex slave. So. Was she the perfect victim, though? That's the real question. She was for years. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She was. They brainwashed her and tortured her so badly that like she for she was legitimately let free to like roam around because they had just yeah conditioned condition her. yeah it's oh uh, it is an awful one that's crazy <laughs> yeah so but yeah if you want the non-short version skip on back to episode 27 but this story basically blows his mind and he wants his own perfect sex slave <sighs> Uh, I've got to get myself a box. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so in the mid-90s, he moves to the small resort town of Elephant Butte that is right outside of Truth or Consequences, where the majority of his crimes will take place. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another banner moment in his life is in 1997 when he meets shitty Cindy Hendy. I am going to refer to her as Shitty Cindy. Her name is her name is Cindy Hendy. Uh, we Cindy Hendy 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 like H E N D I D Y D Y Hendy Hendy Cindy Hendy. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, but we will come across another Cindy, and she is not shitty. So I am going to call this one Shitty Cindy. She is the fucked up Bonnie to his fucked up Clyde, and he falls head over heels. Oh, a match made in heaven. Yeah. So here is where we jump back to the seven degrees thing that I was talking about earlier. Uh, I first heard about the story from my old manager at my last job, and she is the one who turned me on to true crime podcasts. Not only did she tell me about this story and how insanely fucked up it is, but also (laughs) one of their family's closest friends is Cindy's nephew. One of their closest friends. Like family friends. Yeah. Nephew. Yes. Oh, weird. So a couple degrees away from this lady. Um, apparently the family friend said that even as a kid, she was his weird aunt and I fucking believe it. (laughs) Oh, Uh like he knew that she was weird. Yeah. That something was not. Aunt Cindy's scary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a little too close for comfort for me on this one, but, but yeah. (laughs) Now. David slowly starts introducing her to his dark fantasies, which she may not have like totally been into, but she also didn't really not go with. You know what I mean? Uh, he, what do you mean? So he's like, hey, I like all this really crazy dark shit. And she was like, well, it's not my favorite, but I'm also not going to say no. Like, oh, I see. You know, like, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to like necessarily be excited about doing this. Exactly. Okay. Which means that she's somewhat excited about doing it, but she just doesn't want to vo- verbalize it yet. Very possibly. So here is where things for sure go sideways, but there may have been a lot of earlier shit that we'll circle back around to that we kind of hinted at earlier. On. March 20th of 1999, Cindy Vigil, who is the not shitty Cindy, was 22 and she was out walking the streets between 10 and 11 a.m. in Albuquerque. So she is a sex worker and she's introduced to David and shitty Cindy by a local pimp. (laughs) So Cindy was introduced to Cindy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) That's where it got a little confusing. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So she gets introduced and they then uh, she then goes to meet them in their RV for some supposed oral sex. Now, when she steps inside this RV, David flashes a police badge at her and says that she's under arrest. So not a fun thing in the eh, 90s. I would guess pretty much any time as a sex worker to have, you know, a badge flashed at you. But then shitty Cindy comes out of the bathroom and cuffs her, which gets even weirder. They cuff her to one of the fixtures in the RV. They strip her down and threaten to tase her if she resisted in any of way or in any way. Hmm. <sighs> okay. So then she was taken to probably one of the worst places on earth. David Parker. No, David Ray Parker's toy box. Is that what he, <laughs> <laughs> is that what he called his fuck dungeon or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. He called it the toy box? Oh, that's fucked up. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Nope, not awesome. Not... I mean, not, not awesome <laughs> in the sense that it's cool. It's just, you know how some people just, they do horrible things and they, they and like what, what they come up with to describe it just isn't as fantastically right. horrific as it should be yes this one matches yes it's a one-to-one ratio of fucked up to fucked exactly. up exactly <laughs> yes uh so right now is where we are going to get into the insanely triggering part of the story so now is the time to leave skip ahead to pretty much the end or just know that you have been warned i have i have done my due diligence <laughs> You know, you know, my my fucked up head is like <laughs> thinking of the, you know that YouTube sensation Ryan's R- Ryan reviews. Oh no, <laughs> he reviews all those toys. You don't want to be part of this review of the toy box toys. Like, just don't listen to me. Yeah, now so now is the time. I give you full permission to leave. <laughs> All right, here we go. The toy box was a specially built and designed $100,000 trailer. Behind the double deadbolted steel reinforced doors was David's perfect playroom. You look so confused. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just thinking of like, you know, a trailer just isn't very wide in the in the beginning like so how does he like soundproof it and all that stuff uh, apparently he did it I believe he did um, it was a double wide maybe I don't know uh it's once you stepped inside it was a very weird contradiction of styles and sentiments there was like a paper towel holder that sweetly proclaimed home sweet home well <laughs> Well, two signs on the wall screamed Satan's Den and The Bondage Room. Yeah. Can I, um, at this point, can I see a picture of it? No. I can't look at it yet? Not yet. Okay. A few more minutes and then you can. All right, go ahead. Okay. There was a pricey tripod and camcorder set up. That faced the large black leather table chair thing in the center of the room. It was equipped with metal stirrups, like vaguely gynecological feeling, electrodes, and red plastic restraint straps. The table was wired to a voltage meter and wires that could be attached to the victim's breasts and genitalia. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay, I just had a <laughs> I just had a really un- like inappropriate time frame thought of I don't know if anyone else watched The Pebble and the Penguin in like I think mid 2000s, early 90s. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, he would always say goodness glaciers and that's all I could think of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which it's not the time and place 
not <laughs> not the time and place. She willikers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Golly gee willikers, I don't want to be here. Yeah, this is uh this is not uh, not the place. Okay. <laughs> not the not 120 volts, please. No. Okay. Uh, there was also a TV set hanging from the ceiling next to the table that was hooked up to the camcorder so the person on the table could watch the torture that was being done to them. There was a clip. Oh. Uh-huh. There was a clipboard with each nameless woman he had kidnapped going all the way back to 1993. And each listed person had notches next to her description of the number of times that they had been assaulted. Uh, You know, like almost notches in the headboard kind of thing. Well, yeah, but then that also kind of makes it seem like they were there for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Jeez. Most had over 50 notches. No way. And there were 18 victims listed in total. So, so shitty Cindy is head over, like, she's in it. She's in it. She's in it to win it right now. She's not like, just, I guess you're going to, all right, have a boys weekend and I'm just going to be here. No, she's like she's, helping. She's involved. Now, granted, she did not come around until 1997. And these dated. Didn't come around. Well, okay. She wasn't, <laughs> she didn't meet him until. 1997. Sorry, okay, that's good. a better way to put that. Sorry. You meant like she didn't like warm up Luke. She was lukewarm to the idea until she finally Sorry. Finally convinced her to no. come on the text. <laughs> All right, so Sorry. 1997 she's introduced to She's this introduced process. to this man. She didn't So, so he's been doing this since 1993. Like he's had the sex the toy box since 1992. Or at least oh, or at least the victims were listed. Back to 1993. Okay, okay. So 1993. Shitty Cindy shows up in 1997. So he's been doing this for four years before she even shows up on the scene. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, now, there is a cork board on the wall that held numerous photos of women in the midst of awful torture with looks of fear and pain etched in their faces. These are like, these are like actual photos. Yep, or actual photos. Okay. And then there were drawings of David's of things that he wanted to do. So, okay. (laughs) The wall to the right of the doors held his, quote, toys. And there were, you know, the basics from S&M play. You've got your whips, your chains, paddles, cuffs, ropes, etc. All all your, you know, it's fine. There were... Metal dildos, wooden ones, plastic ones, and latex ones in all kinds of sizes. Again, other than potentially the wooden one. Okay. Pretty pretty generic. Yeah, generic. And then there were pulleys, saw blades, wires, needles, pins, screw clamps, breast suction cups, metal bras, sandpaper, branding iron soldering iron, weighted lead sinkers, and an assortment of fish hooks. Yeah, so pretty generic. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's... <laughs> pretty um, pretty subpar. I, I mean, yeah. he could have been... <laughs> you know, that's... I mean, definitely have at least half of that, you know, in the bedside table right fish now. Fish hooks. Mm-hmm. No, no. The fish hooks is fine, or is... <laughs> but sandpaper, <laughs> soldering iron. Oh well, yeah, those uh-huh, uh-huh. those ones are a bit harsh. Core. Yeah, you know, just harsh core. Har- <laughs> <laughs> those ones are harsh core, dude. When you haven't quite worked up to hardcore, you can- harsh core. Harsh core. You just started out on your kink journey. You've made it to harsh core. <laughs> You've made it to harsh core. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> Fuck. Whew, okay. This guy's like level 150 prestige on the, on the, uh, whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> this is called. I don't know. Tor- I guess it's just torture. 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 He yeah, has, legit. he has leveled up a lot. Under this toy wall, there was a large generator with a handle on top and a 15 inch motorized dildo attached to it. So you. C- oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could basically pick it up and a generator that was before lithium-ion batteries yeah wow yeah he was he was a he was a trailblazer Uh, i am sure in the worst way humanly possible i guess in the fucking machine world he was a trailblazer yeah i (laughs) mean put that on your resume Uh (laughs) (laughs) jesus (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those things you don't necessarily brag about to most people. Not usually. Uh, all right. Uh, so in the back of the trailer was the medicine cabinet. It held latex gloves, forceps, KY jelly, petroleum jelly, chloroform, poppers, and hypodermic needles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can look now. I think I've gone through the majority oh. of the stuff. Okay, let's wait, wait. Toy box. What am I supposed to look up? Toy box. Killer. And Killer. and you will definitely get pictures of the toy box. Uh, toy box. Killer. Um, um, toy box. Trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That thing is pretty kitted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, I thought, like, I'm thinking, like, um, I don't know what I was thinking, but this is like this is like a hardware store. Yeah, it's just like a hardware store mixed with like as okay. <laughs> it's hard to explain. This is like a hard huh? yeah. It's like a hardware store is mixed with the really cold, stark environment of a surgical room. Mm-hmm. And then you put a live person in the middle of this. It's it's almost like like when you're working on heavy machinery, you're not really supposed to have any body parts near that. But now just throw a body part in that. And that's probably what the feeling you would get from looking at this thing. And a tender it's, one at that. A tender body part. Yes. Yeah. Not not a grizzled like oil worker, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. a grizzled sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it it's a lot. I I highly caution anyone who decides to look up a lot of the stuff on this. It's out there. There's a lot of it out there. Oh. But it's like your it's like your granddad's it's like your granddad's workshop went horribly horribly wrong. Went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz um my grandpa did not have any dildos attached to generators. Okay, minus the, minus the generator of the <laughs> or the gynecological table in the middle of the okay, room. Okay, okay. Minus all of that. It really it, it yes, looks like it does it is very much set up like your grandpa's like workshop. You go in there and I I need to Mhm. I need to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> So, beyond the medicine cabinet, there was also uh, female anatomy books, witchcraft books, more drawings, and even instructions for some of his methods. One in particular seared itself onto the brain of the FBI agent who found it. Buckle up, kids. Wait, whoa, 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 what? So he had instructions for some of his methods, and like torture methods and things that he would do. Right. And the uh, this this particular one apparently uh, definitely traumatized the FBI agent who found it. Oh, 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 oh! I thought you meant like he had captured. Oh, sorry, no, I did not. The, the FBI agent and had used. No, they they <laughs> okay, they okay, found so, it. Sorry. Okay. It was the, quote, 12-volt motorized breast stretcher. The woman would be strapped down by her hips, belly, and chest with a hood over her face. Rubber-lined clamps were attached to her nipples and connected to the machine by nylon cords. The typed instructions were, quote, One, operate motor with the lever in the up position. Two, attach clamps securely to each nipple. Three, tighten cord until breasts are stretched to the maximum length. Four, turn machine on and watch maximum. 
turn machine on and watch nipples for indication of tearing and check clamps for slippage. Continue to operate. Note, this process is very painful and due to the constant motion, the body will not adjust to the pain. During the operation, the subject will remain in extremely painful distress. So... Man. And he, so he wrote this manual. He wrote this manual. This was a, uh, a method of torture that he had, I guess, devised and enjoyed and practiced. And Multiple times, probably. Everything in me just, like cramped up at the tearing of nipples like <laughs> and, yeah, like check check for <laughs> jesus yeah just you know check i mean it's no biggie right ah yeah yeah so yeah at that point i'm ready for a big fucking drink <laughs> and if you aren't you will be <laughs> okay so, <sighs> yeah <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Okay, so at this point, I lost my place. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, upon arrival to the box, Cindy and any other victim would basically be tied down and then forced to listen to the most fucked up orientation presentation ever. David's voice would come on and say, quote, hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? Which kind of sounds a little like something you would say to Alexis, but. What? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> try me. And she would then brat at you. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Back on track. Back. Oh, I'm just trying to joke wherever I can because like. <laughs> It's, so horrible. it's the worst. Okay, okay. Back on track. Quote Hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, gagged, probably blindfolded. You are disoriented and scared, too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while, at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. It is very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you have been kidnapped, what's going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is being created July 23rd of 1993 as a general advisory tape for future female captives. Oh my god. Can you imagine hearing the date on that as a captor? Right. Like knowing, oh fuck. Uh-huh. And like this is something I can like I can like even just seeing the environment around you, you already are like, this is way too well thought out yes. for me to get out of here. This is not a But then to hear the, the time frame that it took for him to get to this point is like nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah. It, it how just devastated and 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 gosh, I, I can't even come up with the words. Like you would just how how would you yeah. Hmm. All right, continuing with our quotes. Now, you are obviously here against your will, totally helpless, don't know where you're at, don't know what's going to happen to you. You're very scared or very pissed off. I'm sure that you've already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose and know you can't. Now you're just waiting to see what's going to happen next. You're probably thinking you're going to be raped and you're fucking sure right about that. Our primary interest is in what you've got between your your legs. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeatedly in every hole you've got. Because basically, you've been snatched and brought here for us to train and use as a sex slave. Jesus Christ. It, ke- it keeps going. <laughs> God damn. <sighs> okay. You're going to be kept here and used until, until such time as we get tired of fucking around with you. And we will, eventually, in a month or two, maybe three. It's no big deal. <laughs> your, month sorry, or your two face. Or three. <laughs> your face there. Uh. Yeah. 
Uh, your pussy and asshole is going to get a real workout, especially your asshole, because I'm into animal sex. Uh, okay, so I know it's not. What? what? I, <laughs> I know it's not. I don't understand. I know it's not real funny, but I feel like he's got a little bit of a skewed idea of how animals are getting it on. Confused. <laughs> Apparently, he thinks animals are all having butt sex. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, who knew? What the self? <laughs> animals, butt sex. Got it. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, anyways, he also says that, quote, we take four or five different girls each year. Uh, so, yeah, he said that this was recorded in 93, which was four years before meeting Shitty Cindy. So one, that is roughly 24 to 30 girls. And two, who is we? That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. You know, I, I well, you know, sometimes you say we when you are... Uh, batshit crazy, mm-hmm. and there's multiple people talking at the same time. I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a we that we will get to, but mm-hmm. yeah. Or maybe he killed the we after he got tired of the we. <laughs> the we, you know, the infamous we. <laughs> the, the we. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll circle back around. So moving on, he further states that basically escape is futile. They will be chained up and monitored at all times. Uh, resistance is futile. Any re- he was in the Borg. He was. Okay. He was a Borg. Any form of resistance will result in David cutting off bits and pieces, usually tender bits and pieces of his victims. Yeah. I'm, I'm still looking up this because this is just amazing. It's insanity uh so unfortunately this isn't even close to all of it oh Mm -hmm. yeah he also tells them that sometimes he will let them out of the box to come to the house which she would think maybe might be a good thing but no in the house house. no the house in the house He had built a special dog screwing contraption in the middle of their fucking living room. What does that mean? It means that the victim would be strapped down doggy styled and then legitimately covered in dog musk and turned over to one of his three very large, very male dogs. Oh, Mm-hmm. And it was in the middle of their living room so they could sit back in their favorite lazy boy and enjoy the quote show. Oh. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. that's foul. Mm-hmm. Now he says that they will eventually get in a routine and they will only spend three to four hours a day in the toy box. You know, it's only three to four hours. <laughs> and and quote as far as sex goes your mistress is going to want want her pussy eaten a couple of times a day for my part i like getting off in a slave twice and sometimes three times each day usually in her mouth or in her asshole so again Whoever, whatever woman is involved is definitely involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's getting, yeah. Mm. No, she's fucked. Yeah. Now he, you know, reassures them that they probably won't be killed because then there would be too many bodies. And he doesn't really like killing, quote, unless it's absolutely necessary. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm confused. How do you get away with this and nobody says anything? Instead, he will basically mind fuck them at the end of their torture sentence with two heavy-duty hypnotic drugs. Um so he created this insane drug cocktail thing and then would kind of keep them in this state of druggedness 
for a couple of days to kind of just basically erase. I, it's insane. I didn't go into it too much because it just, but it's it's basically he would give this them them this crazy ass cocktail that would just fuck everything up in their brains so bad, and he would do this for an extended length of time, and then wow, uh huh, and then he or they would scrub them down like inside and out to make sure there wasn't any DNA, and then give them an extra dose of drugs and then drop them off somewhere in the middle of a backcountry road for them to just kind of find. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they generally be bruised and sore all over, but nothing that a week or two won't heal. Right. Uh (laughs) Hold on a second. I have a question here. Okay. Um, didn't we talk about him having like a daughter Mm-hmm. Like when did that happen? We'll get where's that? We'll get there. Because like we've gotten to like some mistress that's new, mm-hmm. but it's not the daughter, and I we haven't talked about him like doing anything to the daughter yet. We'll uh we'll we'll circle back around. Oh okay okay. Not to sell. He then ends this forty-five or so minute tape with "Have a nice day." Well, that's that's nice, right? You know, it's it's just really sweet. Like, I'm looking at I'm looking at photos still, mm-hmm. and there's it looks like potentially there's like a I don't know it, it's flipping between like an ambulance and the the toy box killer trailer, and sometimes you you really can't tell the difference between right the sterile ambulance and the fucking trailer because they look, I mean they don't look the same, but. But the, the utensils and like this the you know the cold stainless steel like it all looks very very similar. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, Gross. it's I, uh, it is so heinous. <sighs> okay, so yeah, so we've now made it through the forty-five minute orientation tape from hell. Uh for people like you. The tapes and transcripts are out there. Um, if you, oh really? Mm-hmm. Um, cool. But I have had enough of his fucked up welcome wagon. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna move on now. Poor Cindy, not the shitty one, the one that they arrested, quote unquote, and stole, spends three days enduring the torture here, but then she manages to escape. Uh, David was at work. He worked at one of the state parks and um, shitty Cindy accidentally left the keys to the restraints near where she was chained up. Oh, so what a dumb butt. I think what a dumb butt. But you know what? Thank God. Cindy manages to get the keys and freeze her hands. But then shitty Cindy tries to stop her and she hit that bitch over the head with a lamp. So good for you. (laughs) not shitty cindy um when that wasn't enough to stop shitty cindy she grabs a nearby fucking ice pick and stabbed her in the neck with it yes and you know what completely justified did she die she did not somehow i don't know how (laughs) after an ice pick to the neck dang but but I'm kind of glad because that means she suffered and it hurt. So this gives regular Cindy her time to free her legs and then run out the door naked and covered in blood. She also has a metal collar padlocked around her neck. She has no idea where she is or where she's going, but she is fucking out of there. Hmm. So she comes across a mobile home with like an open door and basically runs into it pretty much scaring the bejesus out of the homeowner and then bolts the door behind her. Can you imagine? You're just like chilling at home and a <laughs> naked, you know, it's, you know, I'm certain. Okay. I, I, there Murphy's law, you know, I'm certain that somebody has escaped from a situation, maybe not, as similar maybe not as grotesque but i'm certain somebody's escaped being kidnapped 
and frantically ran to somebody's house and and potentially been shot and and then there's no story yeah or ended up yeah or ended up in a worse situation or or that yeah right like ran right into another fucked up situation yeah but oh my god i can't imagine like you're just chilling at home like you maybe got like you're just screen door closed and a naked bloody (laughs) woman like comes running screaming in and like bolts the door like um what now I mean, yeah, how do you even explain? What do you even say? I don't know. Uh, I mean, she tells them this crazy-ass ordeal that she's been through, and granted, she is covered in cuts, bruises, you know, everything. So, either way, they call the police. I mean, you know. (laughs) Jeez. Now, David is very quickly apprehended at work, and shitty Cindy was, uh, I assume, taken in the ambulance, but then arrested at their home. And they both state that Cindy is just a heroin addict, and they were doing their, you know, Good Samaritan thing by helping to detox her. And all of <laughs> all of what she said was happened or had happened to her was just a drug-induced figment of her imagination. Wow. Right? Because they haven't found the box yet. Exactly. Oh. But very quickly they find the toy box at David's house. So yeah, that kind of throws that all out as the bullshit that it is. <laughs> David, what is all that? <laughs> Back, David. <laughs> but yeah, they also, and I, I hate this, but it is what it is, and it's still an issue. They were worried about actually going to trial and having them be convicted as she was a sex worker. So, you know, clearly her word is suspect. And oh, the defense. Like, right, like. She agreed to all Exactly. This. The defense could come at it from an angle that she willingly participated and that kind of thing. But the universe had other ideas. And that is where we are going to end off our first installment. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um... I mean, where did they sleep? I Where did the people sleep when they were in this toy box? I think if they... so Just in the fucking chair? Yeah, like strapped down to this horrible table chair thing. For three months? Just strapped down like that? Yeah. Where do you, where do you go to the bathroom? I don't think they cared. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. I mean, I could be wrong. And I know sometimes they brought them inside and like... I mean, it seems pretty sterile in there, though. You know? Right. So I don't I don't know. Maybe... I know there were times that they would bring them inside and have them like chained up in parts of the house and stuff like that. But... But yeah. And this is like out in the boonies. Uh, yeah. It, uh, Truth or Consequences and Elephant Butte are both pretty small. They're resort towns at this point. Um... And they're kind of out in the midst of nowhere, New Mexico. So, but we're also not talking like, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think he lived in like almost a suburb type thing. So he's not like, you know, he's not out in just like the middle of like (laughs) 10 acres or something like that, you know? So. It's it's funny because I'm I'm looking at all these pictures of the the actual trailer, and then it's like slowly, slowly moved on to, you know, people building their trailers out to be, um, like building out like U-Haul trucks to be like overlander builds, like build your own home, you know, <laughs> go, <laughs> go, go adventure. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what he did. He in did. The beginning was he was building a house for something. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. He adventured in the wrong, the wrong direction. Dang. Yeah. So. That is terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying. I mean, he even went so far, like looking at these photos, he even went so far as to put spray insulation on the top Mm -hmm. of the roof. And that's how he got his sound deadening. Exactly. Yeah. That was it. It was like, you couldn't resist. You couldn't scream for help. You couldn't like, you just, 
you were fucked. You were completely and totally at the whim of this psychopath. Ah, man. (sighs) And what's even worse is, I think what makes this worse is as a victim, especially, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, maybe not especially being a female, but seeing another female be copacetic to what's happening to you. Uh, you know, especially with the heightened abuse, sexual abuse, and what they, uh, what he said they would be focusing on as their main, you know, uh, the main attraction to them. I just, I feel like that would be even worse. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? You, like, you know what's happening here. Right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it is. So it, it's hard and scary to be. A female, like I, I can attest to that. I am one, um, and a lot of times, for better or for worse, as a female, you are going to be more trusting of another female, like because right. they also know, like what it's like to, you know, and so to have that that trust, that trust. Yeah, right. so just obliterated oh uh, yeah i can't i can't imagine being in this kind of situation i just can't like and no one should ever have to be in this kind of situation mm. so but uh well that is a that is a banger it is like, that is a real that is a real um way to start out i know we're back <laughs> holy yeah so man oh man and we're not done so on that note let's uh let's take a tiny break and we'll come back next week with the rest uh (laughs) rate review subscribe (laughs) (laughs) tell your friends (laughs) look don't look at the video or the photos it's it's real nasty but thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for coming back. If you did come back from our little hiatus and if you're new, um, welcome. Sorry. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> sorry that this is where you started. But I promise it's not always this bad. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, on that note, we will talk to you next week. So, bye from me. Gosh, you were not warn- like lying about the trigger warning. Yep. We'll talk to you next week, I suppose. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening. You can check out our website at todieforpodcast.com If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at todieforpodcast as well as our fluffy fam on Instagram at todieforpodcast underscore fluffy fam. If you'd like to send us an email, todieforpodcast at gmail.com. Cover art is thanks to Joelle Haight, and original music was created by Vincent Amston. Have a spooky day!